Surah Ar-Rum. We will listen to the recitation of the first few verses and then we will do the tafsir. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Alif Lam. الروم في أدنى الأرض وهم من بعد غلبهم سيغلبون في بضع سنين لله الأمر من قبل ومن بعد ويومئذ يفرح المؤمنون بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم سورة الروم سورة الروم is a مكي سورة which means that it was revealed before the hijra ألف لام ميم حروف مقطعات حروف مقطعات what do they show? What message do they give? What reminder do they give? That this Qur'an is whose speech? Whose speech? It's the speech of Allah. This Qur'an is a miracle. Which is why generally, after huruf muqattaat, we read an ayah that praises the Qur'an. Correct? Like for example, Alif Lam Mim, ذَلِكَ الْكِتَابُ لَا رَيْبَ فِيهِ In Surah Al-Ankabut, we saw that Qur'an is not mentioned over there. Rather, the effect of believing in the Qur'an is mentioned over there. And what is that effect? The consequence that أَحَسِبَ النَّاسُ أَن يُتْرَكُوا أَن يَقُولُوا آمَنَّا وَهُمْ لَا يُفْتَنُونَ Over here, a miracle of the Qur'an is mentioned. And what is that miracle? Allah says, غُلِبَتِ الرُّومِ So basically, a prediction is made over here. And this prediction, when it was made, when these ayat were revealed, there was no sign of this prediction coming true. But what happened within a couple of years, it occurred. And so, in a hadith in At-Tirmidhi, we learn that when this prediction, it actually occurred, it came true, many people embraced Islam at that time. So what is that prediction? Allah says, غُلِبَتِ الرُّومِ غُلِبَتْ It has been Conquered. It has been defeated. It has been overcome. غُلِبَتْ from غَلَبَةْ غَيْنْ لَامْبَ And غَلَبَةْ is to overcome, overpower the other. غَالِبْ Who is غَالِبْ? لَا غَالِبَ إِلَّا اللَّهِ What does it mean? There is no victor, no one who overcomes others except for who? Allah. Meaning He is the ultimate غَالِبْ. Right? So غُلِبَتْ What does غُلِبَتْ mean? It has been overcome. They have been overcome. Meaning they have been defeated. Who has been defeated? Ar-Rum. The Romans. This is referring to the Roman Empire. The Byzantines. Ahlul-Rum. And who were Ahlul-Rum? Ahlul-Rum, the people of the Roman Empire, they were Christians. They were uh, the Ahlul Kitab. And think about the Muslims in Mecca. This is before the Hijrah. This is before the Muslims encountered the Ahlul Kitab in Medina, the Jews in Medina. Alright? Now the Muslims, how are they different from the Mushrikeen of Mecca? The Muslims believed in Wahi. Did the Mushrikeen believe in Wahi? No. The Muslims believed in prophets. Did the Mushrikeen believe in that? No. The Muslims believed in 
in the previous books, the Torah, the Injil, the Quran is musaddiq for the previous books. Correct? Did the mushrikeen believe in that? No, they didn't. The Muslims believed in Musa alayhi salam, in Isa alayhi salam. Right? The Quran, the Injil, the Torah. And the mushrikeen on the other hand, did they believe in these prophets? No, they didn't. Remember earlier we learned, they said, Sihrani, Tawahara. These two are works of magic. Meaning the Torah, the Quran, they're all magic. Musa, Isa, Muhammad, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, alayhi wa sallam, they said these are all magicians. So the mushrikeen didn't believe in them. Right? So who do you think, from mushrikeen and from the Muslims in Mecca, who do you think was closer to the people of Rome? Closer, meaning would have sympathies with them. Who do you think? It was the Muslims. Right? So, غُلِبَتِ Rome. Now what happened? The Romans were defeated. Now, Rome over here, the Romans, it refers to the Byzantine Empire or Eastern Roman Empire. Okay? Eastern Roman Empire. A little bit of a history lesson over here. Okay? And the Eastern Roman Empire, remember that it's separated from the rest of the Roman Empire in 395 AD. Alright? And basically the Byzantine Empire, Eastern Roman Empire, it includes Syria, areas which are now Syria, Palestine, Turkey, alright? And its capital was Constantinople, alright? That was the capital. Now, while the Prophet ﷺ was still in Mecca, what happened was that the Romans and the Sassanids, they had some major battles, okay? Sassanids, also known as the Persian Empire, alright? And before we continue, the Persian Empire, the people in Persia, in Sassanid Empire, what was their religion? What is it that they worshipped? Fire. They were fire worshippers. Right? So who do you think was closer to them in religion? Whose sympathies were with the Sassanids? The Mushrikeen. So now there is a battle between the Sassanids and the Romans. And what happens? The Romans were defeated. Who do you think is sad and who do you think is happy? In Mecca, what's the scene? Mushrikeen were happy, right? Our guys won. The Persians won, alright? And Muslims were sad because the Romans, غُلِبَتْ They were defeated. Okay? Now, basically there was a major battle, and this is known as the Byzantine-Sassanid War of 602 to 628. Okay? The Byzantine-Sassanid War of 602 to 628. Now, this is many years, so it wasn't just one battle. Right? But there was the final and most devastating battle, okay, was basically that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is referring to over here. There was basically a series of wars that were fought between the two empires, between the Romans and the Sassanids, and the Romans were defeated in this most devastating battle, and this was at a time when the Muslims were in Mecca. Alright? Now just to put it in context for you, these wars were between 602 and 628. Alright? The Prophet ﷺ received prophethood in the year 609. And the Hijrah was in 622. Alright? Make sure you write these dates down because otherwise it's going to be difficult for you to understand these verses. Alright? Now what happened was that the background of these battles is that the Persian king, the Khusru, he was basically cheated by his own people and in order to save his life he actually fled to the Byzantine Empire. Alright? Now what happened when he's in Byzantine 
the Roman king, the Byzantine emperor, his name was Maurice, he actually helped this Persian king regain control of his lands. Alright? Now what happened? Khusra was really happy because the Romans actually helped him and now he's the king again. Now what happened? In 602, when the Roman king was murdered, Maurice was murdered basically in 602, Khusro, instead of being nice over there, what did he do? He started attacking the Romans. The Romans helped him. What is he doing now? When the Roman king dies, when the guy who did ihsan on him, when he died, what did Khusro do? He started attacking the Romans. So now a series of battles began. And this is what is referred to as the Byzantine-Sassanid War of 602 to 628. And so there wasn't just one battle. There were many, many battles. So within a few years, what happened? The Persians, they overran Syria. They captured major, major cities. Jerusalem fell in 614. Alexandria and Egypt fell in 619. And the rest of the Egypt fell in 621. So basically by 621... 622, approximately that time, the Byzantine Empire was on the verge of collapse. Alright? Now when it was on the verge of collapse, and this one particular battle happened, in which the Romans were defeated, and everybody was like, that's it, the Romans are now going to be finished. Now the Sassanids, they're going to be the victors, the Romans are going to go extinct. Khalas, that kingdom, that empire is finished. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala revealed these verses. غُلِبَتِ Rum. The Byzantines have been defeated. This is a fact. It's a reality. Accept it. Because sometimes what happens is that when we fail in something, we don't even want to say it. It's like, don't even mention it. We're in denial of it. This ayah is teaching us, accept your losses. Acknowledge your losses. Because if you don't even acknowledge them, how are you going to fix them? غُلِبَتِ room. Allah says, fee in adna al-ardi, nearest land, adna. Adna is from dunu, dal, noon, wow. What does dunu mean? That which is close, that which is near. Alright, and from this is the word dunya. Why is it called dunya? Because it is near compared to akhirah. Right? So, fee adna al-ardi, and adna, that which is very near. So, in the nearest land, meaning, very close to home. The Romans have been defeated not far from Arabia, not far from Mecca, very close to home. And really, if you look at the map, how far is Syria? How far is Jerusalem? How far are all these areas from Arabia? Not far. So, fi adun al-ard. Allah says, Wahum and they, men from, ba'di after, ghalabihim, their defeat, sayaglibun. Soon they will overcome. Right now, they have been defeated. But very soon after this defeat, what's going to happen? They are going to become the victors. Mimbardi ghalabihim. Ghalab over here refers to defeat. The defeat of the Romans. Allah says, Sayaglibun. Soon they're going to overcome their enemy. So what is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala telling the Muslims over here? Huh? A prediction is being made over here. What is that prediction? That very soon, 
Romans will defeat their enemy. And at this time, remember what I mentioned earlier, that the Roman Empire was at the verge of collapse. And the Sassanids were just taking over all of the Roman land. Now, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala doesn't just say that the Romans are going to be victorious, but Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala also gives the exact time, the time period within which the Romans would be victorious. And what is that time period? Fee in, meaning within bilda'i sinin, a few years. Sinin is a plural of sana, year. Sinin, years. And bilda'r. Bilda'r means some, few. Right? Part of. Part of something is a fraction of it, a fraction meaning a small portion. Alright? It is said, Fulanun bada'atum minni, meaning so and so is a part of me. In other words, very close to me. Alright? So bilda'r, few, some. And more specifically, the word bilda'r is used for that which is more than two and less than ten. Meaning if you're talking in numbers, then bidr refers to a number which is more than two and less than ten. So anywhere between three and nine. So Allah is saying that within three to nine years, what's going to happen? The Romans are going to defeat their enemy. It's going to happen. And did it happen? Yes, it did happen. In 622, what is 622? Which year is it? The year when the Prophet ﷺ migrated from Makkah to Medina. This is when the Hijrah took place, right? So in 622, we learned that the Byzantines began a series of counter-attacks. Alright? And thus began a series of victories of Romans against the Persians. Do you remember in Sirah you studied that the Prophet ﷺ sent letters to different kings and emperors? Did the Prophet ﷺ send a letter to the Persians, to the Persian king? What happened? Khusru received it, right? And what did he do? The king, he ripped the letter. He tore it. And when he tore the letter, what did the Prophet ﷺ say? He tore my letter. Allah will rip apart his kingdom. Anyway, 622, Byzantine started basically taking revenge. There was a series of battles and one victory after the other. In 628, what happened? Khusru, the Sassanid king, was killed by his own son. Alright? His own son killed him. Why did he kill him? Because he wanted to become the king. His father had been there for such a long time. Well, the people managed to chase Khusru away. Khusru went to Rome. He took the help of the Romans, their enemies, fought back, regained control. And then what happened? He's not dying, he's not going away. So it shows that his own people were sick of him. His own son was tired of him. So his son actually killed him. Alright? And when he killed him, of course his son, he became the king. And when he became the king, he immediately brought an end to the war. And he agreed that he would withdraw from all occupied territories. So what happened? All of the Roman lands that the Persians had conquered in these years, what happened? They were all now back in the control of the Romans. Now something else happened over here. And what was that? Khusru's son, Kawad. Kawad basically, he died within a few months of taking power. He died. When he died, somebody else from the family became a king. It is said that Khusru's daughter became the ruler the queen, two of his daughters actually, one after the other. But basically within four years of Khusro's death, 
the Sassanid Empire weakened considerably. This was which year? 628. Alright? 651. Sassanid Empire had completely fallen. Finished. The Romans took much of the lands and of course the Muslims at the time of Abu Bakr at the time of Umar basically they conquered the Sassanid Empire and the Sassanid Empire finished completely. The Roman Empire on the other hand, what happened to it? You know when it collapsed? When it finished? Exactly, in the 1400s. In the 1400s. I just want you to you know, put this whole image in your head now. Okay? The Romans helped this Persian king regain control of his lands. This guy is so ungrateful, so he cheated the Romans so much that the moment Maurice died, the king who helped him, what did he do? He started attacking them. Right? He started taking over their lands. غُلِبَتِ Rum. The Romans were defeated. But this defeat of the Romans led to the end of the Persian Empire. And it led to the survival of the Roman Empire. Right? غُلِبَتِ Rum. On the other hand, this one victory of the Sassanids, of the Persians, led to their ultimate demise basically. Right? Now I want you to keep this in mind when we study the ayat. Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala didn't reveal these verses just as a commentary over political events. No. There is lesson over here. And for us to benefit from those lessons, we have to keep this whole history in our minds. So غُلِبَتِ Rum, the Romans have been defeated. But Allah says, فِي أَدْنَ الْأَرْضِ in the nearest land, وَهُمْ مِنْ بَعْدِ غَلَبِهِمْ سَيَغْلِبُونَ But they, after their defeat, will overcome. In how long? فِي بِضْعِ سِنِينَ Within a few years. How? لِلَّهِ الْأَمْرُ مِنْ قَبْلُ وَمِنْ بَعْدِ لِلَّهِ For Allah. To Allah belongs. الْأَمْرُ The command. And الْأَمْرُ al. Lam Ta'rif over here, it gives the benefit of istighraq. Istighraq meaning, it gives the meaning of entirely. Because istighraq is from gharq. Gharq is to immerse. Right? So entirely. Meaning the entire amr, the entire matter, the entire command, the entire decision is whose decision? Allah's decision. Min qablu, before. Before what? Before the loss, before the victory. وَمِن بَعْدُ And also after. After what? After the loss, after the victory. So before the Romans were defeated, who had authority? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And then after the Romans were defeated, who had authority? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So basically, if one people are facing defeat, another people are being victorious, all of this is happening with whose permission? Allah's permission. Notice over here, the Romans and the Persians were not Muslims. You understand? They weren't Muslims. Alright? But even their victories, their losses, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, لِلَّهِ amr. Even that happens by whose amr? Allah's amr. So what we learn from here is that there is nothing that happens in the life of a Muslim or in the life of a non-Muslim except by whose permission? Allah's permission. 
Allah says, وَيَوْمَ إِذِنْ Another prediction is being made over here. وَيَوْمَ إِذِنْ And that day. Which day? The day when Romans will be victorious? The day when they will defeat their enemy? That same day, يَفْرَحُ الْمُؤْمِنُونَ The believers will rejoice. يَفْرَحُ Farh. They'll be happy. Because were the Muslims in Mecca sad about the defeat of the Romans? Were they sad? Of course they were. You know, for example, if there's a match somewhere and even if you're not interested, like for example, a person like me, even if I don't care about baseball or anything, just to know that a Canadian team has lost, even though there's hardly any Canadian in there, but just to know that your team has lost, does that kind of make you feel sad? It does. Right? I was asking somebody the other day, so who won in this baseball craziness that was going on recently? And they said, oh, it's that team. Like, I don't like that team. Right? I can't even remember the name of that team. Seriously. I cannot. But I just don't like that team because they defeated who? Our Canadian team. Right? So I'm just saying that this is something normal. Something normal. Any group of people that you can somehow associate yourselves with, Why? Because of your country, because of your religion, because of anything. Because of the fact that you can associate with them, there's something common between you and them. Their victory makes you happy. And their loss makes you sad. So the Muslims were sad. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala acknowledges the sadness. Beautiful. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala acknowledges the sadness. And when the Muslims are so sad in Makkah, Allah gives them a good news. That these Romans are not going to remain defeated forever. Their defeat is going to turn into victory. And you know what? The day they're successful, you're going to be happy too. Now what are they going to be happy about? What are the Muslims going to be happy about? The Muslims have no clue at this point. They've got no clue. It's a total surprise. So imagine, the surah is revealed in Makkah, and all these years now Muslims are reciting these verses, and they have no idea why Allah says, وَيَوْمَ إِذِنْ يَفْرَحُ الْمُؤْمِنُونَ Until the day of Badr. When the day of Badr happened. Now, fast forward. Muslims migrate to Medina. The battle of Badr happens. When the battle of Badr happens, who wins? Who wins? Muslims win. Who's happy? Muslims are happy. They're farh, they're happy. And at the same time, they receive news that the Romans are rising back to power. They're now fighting the, the Persians, they're regaining control over their lands, and they're basically getting back on their feet. وَيَوْمَ إِذِنْ يَفْرَحُ الْمُؤْمِنُونَ What do these ayat teach us? What do these verses teach us? Okay, be happy for other people's success. Good, okay. Okay, the miracle of the Qur'an. Good, yes. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has perfectly planned out everything. Okay, good. Trust in Allah and do your best. Okay. Okay, the word of Allah is 100% accurate. It is true. Okay. After hardship comes ease. This is what I was looking for. The Muslims were so sad. You know, we're looking at these verses. We're looking back at history. We have all the events laid out before us. So we totally understand you know, what these verses mean. Think about the Muslims in Makkah. The mushrikeen are booing them that oh, your team lost. Okay? And then secondly, the Muslims in Makkah, their situation 
was not that good anyway. It was pretty grim. They were facing so much persecution in Mecca. There seemed to be no light at the end of the tunnel. And then what happens? People whom they can associate with, even their empire is collapsing. You understand? But in this time of sadness, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives hope to the Muslims. This is not it. This loss is not everything. Yes, it's a loss, but it's not going to remain a loss forever. This is going to turn into victory very soon. And you think that victory is very far? It's not far. Fi bidri sinin Within a few years. So what these verses are teaching us is that when you suffer from anything, don't be sad. Realize that the victories, the losses in this life, they are temporary. They happen in life. But it's just a matter of time when things will change. Things will change. And it really doesn't take long for circumstances to change. Within a few years, Allah says, the Romans will be victorious, and that same day, the believers will be happy. Why will they be happy? Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will grant them victory. In Surah Ali Imran, ayah 140, Allah says, وَتِلْكَ الْأَيَّامُ نُدَاوِلُهَا بَيْنَ النَّاسِ And these days, we alternate among people. That one day, one person wins, and another person loses. And the other day, the situation is completely different. The victor becomes a loser, and the loser becomes the victor. So what's the lesson then? Don't exult in your victory, and don't be depressed in your loss. Because things can and will change. What's the connection of this with the previous surah that we learned, Surah Al-Ankabut? Do you see any connection over here then? Any connection? I'm talking about Surah Al-Ankabut. In Surah Al-Ankabut, the whole surah was basically teaching us, it's going to be difficult. Deal with it. Right? This is your survival guide. This is what you have to do in order to survive. But it's going to be difficult. So what's the connection with the previous surah, with Surah Al-Rum? Yeah, the connection is that uh, whenever Allah is testing us, whenever He put us in a trial, we should learn to survive with the hope that inshallah things will become better inshallah. Beautiful. That any hardship is temporary. It's not going to last forever. It's going to change. You are going to get over it eventually. Because where are we right now? In this world. And in this world, what is permanent? Nothing. Nothing is permanent. Everything changes. Circumstances will change. So these verses, they're giving us hope that your most difficult circumstances also, they're going to change. So in your time of sadness, what is it that you should be looking forward to? Be hopeful for success. Now the Muslims had no reason to be happy at that time in Makkah. You know, if somebody tells you that, yeah, a surprise is coming, you're going to get a surprise. Does that make you smile? Does that make you smile? Yeah. Anybody that tells you something good is coming your way, forget about your situation right now, and you're just thinking about what it's going to be. Isn't it? Try this one day. If you see a little kid eating dinner, okay, say to that kid, when you finish, I'll give you dessert. 
watch him try to finish his dinner. He'll forget about his dinner. Seriously, he'll forget about his dinner. Completely forget about it. He's not going to be able to take the next bite. You're going to have to remind him for every, every bite. You know, many times mothers say, finish your dinner, I'll give you something. What happens? I don't want dinner. Give it to me now. Right? You forget what you're doing because of the surprise that's coming. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave this good news to the Muslims. Forget about your problems right now. Rejoice in the success that's on your way. Be happy about that. Keep your eyes on that. What is it going to be exactly? You don't know. You'll find out. Allah With the help of Allah. This is connected with the previous ayah. That that same day the believers will rejoice. Why will they rejoice? Allah Because of the nasr of Allah. And in this is an indication that the Muslims will receive Allah's special help. And that's exactly what happened at the battle of Badr. يَنصُرُ مَن Allah says He helps whoever He wills. وَهُوَ الْعَزِيزُ الرَّحِيمُ And He is the exalted in might, the merciful. Allah is Al-Aziz. And He helps whoever that He wants. So what is it that we need to think when we are in some difficulty? That I place my trust in who? Al-Aziz. In Surah Al-Ankabut we learned, الَّذِينَ صَبَرُوا وَعَلَىٰ رَبِّهِمْ يَتَوَكَّلُونَ They are patient over their present circumstances. And وَعَلَىٰ رَبِّهِمْ يَتَوَكَّلُونَ They rely upon their Lord for good in the future. For success in the future. So the Qur'an is basically giving us an amazing lesson over here. It's giving us hope over here. Why despair? It's just a matter of time. Work towards your victory. Don't sit in your sadness. And this is a very important principle that we need to you know, remember in our lives. That any time we have suffered from a loss, don't think that you've lost everything. The day will change. The date will change. Will it? Won't it change? Circumstances change so quickly. How long does it take for a date to change? 24 hours. How quickly circumstances change, right? So anytime you're afflicted with something, anytime you find yourself in difficulty, don't despair. Don't give up. Don't quit. Keep trying. And place your trust in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Because who is he? Al-Aziz. Who is Al-Aziz? Al-Aziz is the one who has Izzah. And what does Izzah mean? Izzah, first of all, means Izzah meaning honor. So he is Al-Aziz. He is Rabbul Izzah, the Lord of Honor. He is the one who is most honorable. He is the one who gives honor and he is the one who takes it away. He is the giver of victory and he is the giver of loss also. Because he is the Lord of honor. Rabbul Izza. Izza also means al-qahr. Quwa, power, authority. So he is Al-Aziz, the one who has subjected the entire creation. Meaning the entire creation is under who? Al-Aziz. Whether it's the Romans or the Sassanids or the Arabs, whoever it is, it is under who? Who has control over them? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And really, if you bring this to your mind, that I am asking, I am placing my trust in the one who rules over everybody and everything. 
gives you so much confidence. I was listening to a lecture by Sheikh recently and he was saying that once he was traveling and he was afraid that, you know, when I land and, you know, I'm going to be interrogated and so on and so forth. He's like, I started making dua. And then he said, I asked myself, who are you making dua to? Who are you making dua to? Allah. So stop freaking out. You're asking Allah. Who is He? The one who rules over everybody. There is not a thing except that it is under Him. There is not a person except that He is under Allah's authority, Allah's rule. So why fear the creation when you have placed your trust in the Lord of the creation, Al-Aziz? And thirdly, he is Al-Aziz, meaning he has Izzatul Imtina'. Imtina' is the power to prevent. Meaning he is Al-Aziz as an invincibly powerful, meaning before whom everyone is powerless. So none can harm him. None can harm him. If he decides something, no one can change his decision. If he decrees something, no one can alter his decree. Nobody can. No matter how much they try. So he is Al-Aziz. He is Al-Rahim. Beautiful combination. Al-Aziz, the mighty. So if you reach out to him, you think he's unable to help you? And Al-Rahim, the one who's merciful. You're in pain? You're suffering? Don't worry. Allah has mercy on you. He will show mercy to you. Allah, Promise of Allah. Beautiful. This is Allah's promise. What is Allah's promise? The fact that the Romans will become victors again. And secondly, the fact that the Muslims will rejoice in the help that Allah will give them. This is Allah's promise. This is something that's going to happen. It's Allah's decree. La, not, yukhlifu. He goes against Allahu Allah. La yukhlifullahu. Allah does not go against. He does not contradict. Wa'dahu, His promise. Allah does not contradict His promise. Meaning if He's made a promise, He will fulfill it. And was it fulfilled? Was it fulfilled? Did the Muslims rejoice within three to nine years? Yes, they did. When is it that the battle of Badr happened? When did the battle of Badr take place? Which year? Tell me according to the Hijri calendar. Badr, the first battle. Sita teacher, are you here? She's here. When did the battle of Badr happen? Yes. Second year after Hijra. Second year after Hijra. So soon the battle happened. How many Muslims were there? How many Muslims were there? 313. How many mushrikeen were there? A thousand. Allah fulfilled His promise when He gave victory to the 313 over 1,000. Allah, And this is what we need to remember. Allah does not break His promise. He has His plan. He has His, you know, the time fixed for everything to work out. We want things to happen immediately. We want change to occur instantly. We want our situation to be transformed immediately. But does it happen? No, it doesn't. And when it doesn't, we begin to doubt Allah's promises. No. Allah does not fail in His promise. But there is a decree, a time for everything. If you think about it, 
Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala could have granted success to the Muslims in Makkah while they were still in Makkah. But that didn't happen. Well, the Muslims had to go to Medina. Right? It had to go through so many battles. And then what happened? The Prophet ﷺ returned to Makkah as a victor. Things change, right? But within due time. So for everything is a time. لا يخلف الله وعده. And this is what we need to remember. If Allah has said something, if He has promised something, He's not gonna break it. And remember, in Hadith Qudsi, what do we learn? That Allah says, I am as my servant thinks I am. You know, we say this without even thinking about it. Allah says, I am as my servant thinks I am. Think positively about Allah. Have hope in Allah. Have trust that He will not disappoint you. He will not let you suffer forever. He will grant you success. He will grant you victory. And seriously, most of our success is determined by what? Our thinking. Isn't it? If you think you're going to fail, you're going to fail, you're going to fail. What's going to happen? You're going to fail. And if you make up your mind, this is it, I'm going to do it. I have to do this properly. Are you going to do it properly? Yes, you will, inshallah. وَالَّذِينَ جَاهَدُوا فِينَا لَنَهْدِيَنَّهُمْ سُبُولَنَا You strive, Allah will guide you. He will guide you to your success. لَا يُخْلِفُ اللَّهُ وَعْدَهُ Allah does not break His promise. وَلَكِنَّ بَتْ أَكْثَرَ النَّاسِ Most of the people لَا يَعْلَمُونَ They do not know. What is it that they don't know? That Allah does not break His promise. And so they despair. And they say inappropriate things about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The thing is, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala brings change in the most hidden ways, in the most discreet ways. Like for example, night, how does it come? Gradually. Does it come all of a sudden? No. How does it come? So gradually you don't even feel it. Especially these days. Right? You're in school, it's broad daylight, you think, yeah, I'll pray Asr by the time I get home. And then what happens? By the time you get home, you realize Maghrib is only a few minutes away. Right? Maghrib happens, and then you're like, yeah, I'll pray. And then you realize Isha is not far. Right? So how, without even you noticing it so quickly, change happens. Day turns into night, night turns into day. Right? Change doesn't happen very drastically in front of us. Meaning, change is not always very obvious to us. Correct? Like for example, your hair, do you see it grow? Seriously. Like, let's say one day you hold your hair and like, I'm going to watch it grow. Is it going to grow in front of you? No, it's not going to grow. But what's going to happen? After a couple of days, when you observe your hair, you will feel that it's longer. Now, when is it that this change happened? It happened, how? In a very discreet way, without you even feeling it. So our problem is that when we don't see things happening you know, clearly in front of us, we begin to give up. We think, oh, it's not going to happen. It's never going to happen. We start to doubt Allah's promises. وَلَكِنَّ أَكْثَرَ النَّاسِ لَا يَعْلَمُونَ I just uh, think about this uh, changing of the season, when you, this one season passing and the other one, how quickly you will see them nowadays, especially if you go out. I mean, if you're becoming green, it takes so long to wait to be greenish everything's but now in this time if you see like by blinking your eyes we're going to the trees full but one night one wind 
all the leaves on the street. Yeah. Now, mashallah, it's so colorful now, see? Yeah. But if you see the same tree, maybe you saw it last month, fall, and now it's just nothing. Exactly. So, I mean, all these days recently I was waiting for, you know, the leaves to become the perfect color so that you can collect some and do some fall leaf activities with the kids. And the next thing I know, all the leaves have now, you know, become brown basically. They've lost that color. So it happens slowly yet quickly. Right? It happens gradually, but yet quickly, without us even feeling it. This ayah reminds me of the circumstances of the Muslim world today, and all the pains, um, whether Syria, Afghanistan, Pakistan, and how everyone's crying and making dua. But then when you read this ayah, it's like the Muslims will rise, and the Muslims will gain victory, inshallah. Any, any person, no matter what situation you find yourself in, Never think this is the end. Never think this is the end. You know, even if you fail your G2 for like the third time, don't think it's the end. Seriously, it's not. There's still hope. As long as you're breathing, there's hope. Seriously. And if you live so positively, you know, you will inshallah get there someday. Don't waste your time looking back on what you have lost. Move on. For life is not meant to be traveled backward. Yes. In life, we're not meant to travel backwards. We're meant to travel forwards. So don't dwell in your past thinking about what you've lost. What you've lost is now over. Turn the page and look forward to what's coming. There's a lot of courses, in particular in like management and business, that people have to take um, just focusing on the power of your thought. How you think and what you think about can drastically change any situation. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the times you feel like, you know, I'm trying to think positively, but I'm still failing. It's because of that positive thought that you don't end up giving up. So that even if you don't succeed right, right away, you eventually su- succeed and you learn through the process and actually your success ends up better just because you're able to think positively about it. Yes. So most of the people, they do not know, which is why they despair, they become extremely sad, they start doubting Allah's promises, and they say inappropriate things about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala.